Um, this morning, I want to do something a little bit different. Um, we're going to spend a little bit of time starting a new series on 1 John. But then after that, we're going to spend some time in prayer together. And we're really just going to ask the Lord to... to uh, these scriptures that we're reading, we're going to ask him to show how does this affect our life? What are the things you want us want to change in us, Lord? So that's just a little bit of what we're going to do this morning. So First John, uh, it's one of my favorite books in the New Testament. Um, it's very, it talks a lot about love, talks a lot about obedience to Christ. Um, it's very concise. It's very clear. John is very direct. Um, I don't know, it's just one of my favorite books. So if, if you haven't read it in a while, I encourage you to read it this week. Um, there's a lot of great, great verses in there. So we're just going to start right at 1 John 1. And we're going to read through it together. And uh, I always like to ask uh, what the Lord is revealing to us as we read the scriptures. So as we're reading, just pay attention. And if something jumps out to you, either write it down or just make a mental note of it. So let's read this together. That which, we have, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has also has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and we declare it to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So anything jump out to you in that passage? Anything stand out? Maybe if, Serena, do you mind running, if someone has a comment, bringing the microphone to them? Is that okay? just for our folks on Zoom. Anything stand out as we read that passage? Anything you feel that the Lord might be saying? Yes, Jean? <laughs> um, so if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. We have to confess our sins in order to be forgiven and purified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a verse that I've, I've memorized because I, it's such a powerful and it's such an important truth for us as Christians to know that when we confess, he's faithful and just to not just forgive us, but to cleanse us as well. Anyone else have anything that jumps out? 
Anyone on Zoom? Gudrun? Yes, it is verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And I wrote in continually. Mm -hmm. Continually. It's, he cleanses us from sin continually. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yep, you guys are preaching my sermon for me. Yes, it's a continual thing. He's, he he cleanses us, and it's an ongoing thing. And the interesting part about that verse to me is that I wouldn't expect that uh, that that part where it says he, we have fellowship with one another. Uh, where what verse is that here? Verse seven. So I would expect it to just say, if we walk in the light, uh, Jesus's blood will purify us. But no, part of walking in the light means that we have fellowship with one another such an important truth there yeah. anything else all right well so um walking in the light this is a very common theme in first john uh and also in the book of john as well this image of light of god as light so the interesting thing in in the new testament is that light is used to describe three different groups. It's used to describe God. It's used, Jesus also says, I am the light of the world, referencing himself. And then Jesus does something interesting as well. He points to his disciples and he says, you are the light of the world. So there's three different groups that uh, the New Testament talks about as the light. And it, it's really profound that we are included in being called the light to the world. Uh, and this is obviously because we are identified with Jesus. We are uh, in communion with Jesus. So what does it mean to walk in the light? He doesn't just say, be the light. He says, continue to walk in the light. Uh, what, what does this mean? So I actually like to think about it actually like walking in a light, a, a lit up room, as opposed to walking in a dark room. Uh, <laughs> in our house, uh, in our room, we have this little bassinet for our daughter, Aaliyah. And it's this old wooden bassinet uh, and it has these legs on it that make it so you can rock it back and forth. And these legs stick out like a foot on each side, very far. They stick out really far. And every time the room is dark, there's like a 95% chance I'm going to stub my toe on this thing. It's just always sticking out. I always hit my toe on it. Uh, Julie does as well. And so I think sometimes our hearts are kind of like a dark room. Sometimes we have lots of things that go on inside of us. We have thoughts, we have uh, emotions and feelings that we're kind of, they're kind of in there and we don't really know what's going on because it's kind of dark. Um, especially before we come to know Christ, we kind of are living in darkness and we don't have a, uh, our inner self hasn't been exposed to the light. And sometimes, sometimes some of these things we stub our toes on. Uh, maybe it's if we have feelings of anger and we're often angry, sometimes this can be something we just continually hit our toe on and we're like, Lord, why is this happening? So if you look in this example here, this is our, our friend. Anyone have a name for him? Let's call him uh, Jack. 
This is Jack here. So if you can go to the next slide, Andy. Oh, Jack is a very angry guy, as you can tell. Arg. He looks like he's very angry. Um, so Jack, just imagine that Jack has kind of hit his breaking point. He just really struggles with anger. And all of a sudden he realizes, this is really affecting me. None of my friends like me anymore. Uh, I'm just kind of always angry. So Jack, when he gets to that point, he kind of has three options. Jack can pretend that nothing's wrong, like he is right now. I'm just fine. And this is, this is kind of called denial, or, or this is something where we just don't see that we're, we have an issue. That's one option. The next option is one we often try really hard, is to just say, I'm, next time, I'm not going to get angry. I'm, just, I'm really going to try hard. I'm not going to get angry. We all know how well that works, right? And the last option he has is to repent, confess, and allow Jesus to purify himself. Any guesses on the right answer here? <laughs> Two. <laughs> three. Oh, three. Yes, three. Yes, number three. And this is exactly what John is teaching us here. John says, when we confess our sin, uh, or sorry, he says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. So right now, Jack is deceiving himself. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So when we confess our sin or repent of our sin, we're shining a light on the dark parts of our soul. So we're going to zoom into the heart a little bit here. Zoom really far in. This is the human heart. It's very dark in here. So when we repent, if you can go to the next slide, Andy, we're basically taking a flashlight and shining it on the parts of our soul that are not Christ-like. So here we see that Jack has a little bit of anger. He's got a little bit of greed. And he's shining the light on this by saying, Lord, I know that I'm angry. I know that I'm greedy. I see that. And I, I want to give that up to you. I want to expose that to you so that I can live in the light. So the more and more we do this, the more we shine the light on not just the parts of our soul, but on our actions as well. Um, the more we do this, the more we will grow in righteousness and holiness as, as Jesus purifies us and as he starts to live through us. Now this is this is something that yes this is this is him after he's been cleansed from Jesus. Again, repentance and confession is a big part of our faith and it's something that uh it's often not a part of church culture confessing to each other. And I think part of that is cuz it's just really hard, it's really uncomfortable. Um Yeah, we'll come back to that. Um, but does that image make sense? Does anyone have any questions about that or thoughts about that? I think the metaphor of, of living in the light is so helpful because um, it's, it's when you're confessing, you can really feel, I am bringing this part of myself that I've kept hidden and kept in the dark, and I'm shining a light on it. And then when you do that, uh, it makes it, uh, Jesus takes it and, and he deals with it. So walking in the light is about practicing on ongoing repentance. Like Gudrun said, this is an ongoing cleansing. Uh, like I said, it's an, it's an act that brings about humility and, 
and partly because it's kind of embarrassing to, to share the things you struggle with with other people. Um, Julie and I had an argument the other day. I can't even remember what it was about, but um, she came to me after our argument and said sorry before I went to her and said sorry. And everything in me wanted to say, yes, you were wrong. <laughs> I know you were wrong. Uh, thanks for apologizing. <laughs> Anyone felt that before? Or am I the only one? That feeling of like, ah, oh, yes, you admitted you were wrong. Now I can get away with it, what I did. But I knew, as soon as she said that, I kind of knew like, oh no, now I have to apologize because <laughs> I know I was mostly a part of the problem. So uh, it's hard. It's, it's sometimes embarrassing. It's, it's difficult. But you know what happens when you do that? Your heart stays soft. When you confess, your heart stays tender and it stays soft. And I think that's part of why the Lord allows us to continue to mess up as we, uh, as we live in the light. He's, we still screw up. And, and as long as our hearts stay soft and we continue to come back to him, uh, that's really the heart of, of what we should be doing. Um, I can't remember where it is, but Jesus says something about how in the last days, the love of most people will grow cold. And every time I read that, it just stings to my heart because I just see around us, even some of my friends, their love has just grown cold. They don't feel the kind of joy and love that I, maybe I saw when they were children, when they were young. So confession and repentance keeps our hearts tender. It keeps our love from gr growing cold. So look at Jack, he's doing a good job. He's got a clean conscience and a clean heart through Jesus. Um, if you go to the next slide, oh, Jack had a moment of hate. He had a moment where something came up and he said, I hate that person. Um, so what does he do here to cleanse himself again? He exposes it and brings it into the light and confesses and turns away from it. And, and then Jesus will deal with it. <clears throat> so living in continual repentance is important the next part of living in the light is keeping jesus's commands keeping jesus's commands first john verse five first uh, john five verse three to six says in fact this is love for god to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome for everyone born of god overcomes the world this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So we see that commands, following Christ's commands is, is how you love him. It shows that you love him. And then Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16 says, You are the light of the world. Jesus is saying this to his disciples. You are the light of the world. Let your shine before men so that they may see what your good works, so that they may see your works and praise your Father in heaven. So we are called to do the works of Jesus. We're called to obey Jesus. And I know we don't like the word obey. Um, and I think, I think for some reason the church has got into some weird theological discussions when it talks about, when we talk about works. That word works has had a long history of conflict in the church. Um, 
people have been afraid, afraid to say that obedience is important because we, we say, well, we're saved by grace, not by works. And people have even gone so far as to say, why are you even striving? Why are you even trying to follow Jesus? It's not about your works, it's about your faith. And there's a little grain of truth in that, but we're missing the big picture of the gospel, that Jesus calls us into discipleship, to be like him, to live like him. So true belief in Jesus is shown by obeying him. True belief in anyone is shown by obeying that person. So here's an example I like to use. Uh, if I came to you and said, uh, give me $1,000 right now, and in five days, I'm going to come back to you and give you $1 billion. What would you think? This guy's crazy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Higher? <laughs> if if uh, you give me a thousand, I'll give you a billion in five days. You might think, I really want to believe this guy. I think I might actually believe him. But at the same time, I really don't believe him. <laughs> You probably think this guy's kind of crazy. I don't trust him. But if you actually did believe me, what would you do? You would give me the $1,000. So I'm going to pass around the offering plate. And <laughs> no. no, but this shows the way we show that we actually believe something is by, I believe a person is by following them and doing what they say. So if you really believe this person, you would give them $1,000. And if they were trustworthy, they would give you a billion back. So it's kind of like this when we talk about belief in Jesus. It, we really believe in Jesus when we actually do the things that he says, when we actually obey his teachings. So again, the word obedience is loaded. When we think about obedience, sometimes we think of like my daughter, when I tell her she has to clean up her toys, I'm expecting her that she obeys me. We think about rules. We think about like, you have to follow this thing or else God won't like me or won't love me. Or We think about all sorts of things like this when we think about obedience. But um, obedience and following Jesus is an exciting thing in the kingdom of God. Following Jesus, doing the works that he did are exciting. I don't know if anyone can read uh, the Gospels and say, Jesus' ministry was kind of boring. <laughs> His dis or read the book of Acts and say, uh, they followed Jesus, but their life was kind of boring and legalistic. You can't do that because following Jesus is exciting. Obeying his teachings are, are exciting. Um, they saw healing. They saw people raised from the dead. They saw people who were struggling with deep emotional pain who were healed of that. Um, this is what they saw when they obeyed Jesus. They went into a world that was just as broken as ours is today, maybe even more broken than ours is today. And they seeds of a worldwide reformation. I don't know about you, I want to see a ministry like that today, don't you? I want to, I want to obey that kind of teacher. I want to obey someone who, when you obey them, you're to minister. So this is, this is what John is talking about when he's talking about keeping Jesus' commands, living like Jesus. Later in his book, he says, um, he says, how 
seems to be so. So the next about walk is in heaven another. And this is all for other Christians is kind of an indication of our love for God. So I don't know about you, but this last year has been really hard. <laughs> this last year has been hard on me seeing all the division in the church, big C church, uh, seeing people angry at each other, seeing people argue with each other, seeing people point at the church over there and say, how the heck could they, they do that? How the heck could they be so evil? We have all these feelings and emotions and anger that comes up against our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I don't think it's wrong to feel angry sometimes or to feel like someone, other Christians are, are missing the mark. But we got to be different. We got to be different. We have to love one another. Even those crazy, crazy Christians who were like, what the heck are they thinking? Um, and I think this is, I think this has to do with the fact that love is more than just agreeing with people. We can totally disagree and still love each other. So my challenge to you and to myself as well is when we see someone in the church who has a different opinion than us, maybe on COVID or on vaccines or masks or whatever, lockdowns, um, my challenge to you is to take them out to lunch. Not like take them out to lunch, kind of take you up. The <laughs> Not that kind of take you out to lunch, but actually take them out, serve them. Maybe cook them lunch, invite them over and have a conversation and say, so you're crazy. Why are you so crazy? <laughs> no, say, why, why do you believe the things you do? I'm curious. I'm genuinely interested. Um, that is the heart posture that will keep the church unified. Yeah, that, that is the heart posture that will keep us unified. And I think that's why we've seen so much unity here at Trinity. We have a lot of people who are, are genuine and have very humble hearts to work towards each other. So let's, let's continue to do that. Let's continue to um, live with that kind of heart posture towards all of the church, big C church, not just people in EMCC, not just people in Trinity, but people in the church around the globe. So um, instead of giving you some take-home points or some application points, I just want to spend some time right now just in, in reflection and prayer. Um, I want to spend some time in silence and just ask, we can spend some time asking the Holy Spirit to reveal things in our hearts, uh, maybe things that we're struggling with or sin or even, even ways that we're feeling weighed down or hurt. I think sometimes we really struggle with with things. Sometimes we even struggle with sin because of ways we've been hurt by other people. Uh, some, I remember hearing the quote, hurt people hurt people. And it's very true. When we're hurt by other people, it's very easy for us to, to become bitter or to, to fall into sin. So I think we can be gracious with ourselves. Uh, we don't, when, when we talk about obedience and repentance, Sometimes that's been in a very, churches have done that in a very accusatory way and say, you need to repent, you need to confess, uh, or else 
whatever. But, but confession and repentance are ways of, um, they're ways of being gracious towards ourselves because Christ is gracious towards us. When we go to him and say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. He is gracious towards us. So, so let's be gracious towards ourselves as well if, if we're struggling because this year has been crazy, because we haven't been able to see people and spend time with others or, or whatever we're feeling right now. So, um, yeah, let's just spend some time in, in silence and I'll pray as we start. And just feel free to, you can pray quietly between yourself and God. And just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what has been weighing on you. If there's anything that's been weighing you down, any sin in your life, anything like that, just come before him and say, Lord, I'm going to expose this. I'm going to bring this into the light. Because if you don't know by now, uh, we, can't, we aren't in very much control of our own lives. There's a lot of other things that... Um, we try to control everything and we try to control our lives, but, but God is in control. So we have to lift all this up to him. So let's just bow our heads and spend some time in, in silence. Holy Spirit. Hmm. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. Our hearts are heavy. Hmm. Our hearts are heavy and our hearts are broken for what we're seeing around us. And Lord, some of the things we've experienced. Hmm. Lord, we know that nothing... There, there will be no resolution in our culture or, or around us unless you show up. Nothing's going to happen unless you show up. So Jesus, we welcome you this morning to, and Holy, Holy Spirit, we welcome you to speak to our hearts and to illuminate anything in us that's impure or uh, not pleasing to you. Lord, please just show us this morning. 